What it do? Another new episode of Tech File coming your way. Listen, the snow tried to stop us. I haven't even looked outside to see how much snow we actually got out here, but we weren't going into the studio. So we definitely big virtual, you know, holding it down. Our guy Ken, I'm going to say he ducking this Bears Packers smoke. (laughs) Apparently he's out working with the snow right now. Who knows? Who knows? Again, if you ask me. The man is ducking the smoke, but that's neither here nor there. We got a lot to talk about this week, so let's get into it. Episode 325 of Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. And this your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Ask Ketchum, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. I had to jig during our intro, bro. I stood up and shit. You know, I was in the, uh, what was it, the Dallas Swag, Dallas South Boogie and shit. Yeah, I had that motherfucker fire. I low-key recorded you <laughs> posting it. Ah, no, I didn't. <laughs> I'm let you know that right now. <laughs> I am the Air J. Only known as the Air J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door, you know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. Our guy, Kay Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. Is not here this week, as I mentioned in the cold open. We're going we gonna to hold it down for him. The jokes will still be had. And don't y'all worry. When he does, when we all get back together next week, it's, the jokes mm-hmm. are going to come back again. He's not going to escape them. I'm going to tell you that. No Bears fan is going to escape these jokes. So, he's the, up, he's the opposite of John Morant and the Grizzlies last year. He's ducking all smoke. Yeah. My man's right, 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 right now. <laughs> <laughs> no chimneys over here. Some housekeeping before we get into our slate for the week. We'd love to remind you, hey, wherever you listen to this podcast at on the audio version, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so on and so forth, make sure you subscribe. Leave a five-star review. We greatly appreciate that. And on the YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube page. Hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live. We record every week on Tuesday around 7 p.m. Central Time live on our YouTube page. So make sure you come and join us. Be part of the show. We read the comments out. We love having the interaction. So come be part of the show as well. Also, if you haven't already, get you some Tech File merch. You can find the link to our merch uh, in our link tree. We have that posted in all of our descriptions of all of our episodes, all videos, all everything. So go ahead and get laced up with some Tech File merch. Mm-hmm. I also want to shout out everybody who played in our FanDuel Tech File League this season. This year, our commish was Tim. Appreciate you putting that together for us, Tim. And y'all get paid out. Do it. Yeah, we, I got. Yeah, I got my first prize paid money. That's right. I sure did. I got my money immediately Good the stuff. next day. I was so I needed that money too. I was like, "Woo, Lord." Thank you. Hey, I, I feel you. I got my fantasy money. I was like, I needed this shit. I, I'll get paid the next week. I, you gonna help me? Out. Let me get that. <laughs> Listen, this uh my new my new pay schedule. I get paid once a month, and it's at the end of the month. So I'm <laughs> I needed that FanDuel money ASAP. So shout out to everybody who participated. We are super uh, glad that we have, we have a pretty good year. I feel like this year we figured out the way to 
kind of combat losing some players throughout the season mm-hmm. by having everybody pay up front. So shout out to everybody who's in the FanDuel League. Definitely appreciate that. And in case y'all didn't figure it out, uh, your girl here won the league with the highest score total. So, yeah, no, shout out to me. I'm going to toot my horn, toot, toot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now let's um, get in. Oh, go ahead. Real quick. Uh those who are listening, who participated in the FanDuel League this year, let me know if you guys want to keep the same entry fee this year or do we want to go up a little bit? Because this year, was a, we kind of tested it out to see how well this would actually work for us. It worked out perfect. Like, legit, it didn't matter if you did it or not because I had one week. I thought I, I put my lineup in. I didn't. Lost out on that, but it didn't stop the rest of the show. So that was the biggest issue that we had last year. Now that we figured it out this year, let your boy know if y'all trying to, you know, a little bit or, you know, stay the same. Because some folks got paid a lot this year and some folks got paid none. But (laughs) it is what it is. I just donated a hundred bucks. But it was fun, <laughs> no matter what. Like I got that back on my actual fan, uh, my fantasy. So I, ain't, I wasn't tripping about it this year. But if I ain't win shit this year, I'd have been a little bit pissed. <laughs> uh, so you said the buy-in was a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yep. And then Camille, how much? If you feel like sharing, how much did you take on? A little under three hundred for the season prize, but the weekly prize was about thirty-two fifty a week for every mm-hmm. week that you won. And I won, I think, three or four weeks through the seasons and came out at the end with the the grand prize. So. It was it was nice. I'm I'm definitely here for up in the states because I would love to take more of y'all money next year. But <laughs> let's uh <laughs> let's get into the topic discussion. I'm excited for this week here because of be course fun. we're doing NFL, NBA, pro wrestling news. But with it being wild card weekend, there's a lot to discuss. So let's get into it. I'm trying not to be unhinged, bro. <laughs> be you, fam. Be you. I'm gonna be me because fuck them boys. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm talking about. All right, so <laughs> I didn't even consider that. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be a wild week. Yeah. The playoff field is set. Playoffs. Playoffs. We are here, y'all. In the NFC, the field is set. 49ers, Cowboys, Lions, Buccaneers, Eagles, Rams, Packers. Carrying the G. You know? AFC, we got the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Texans, the Browns, the Bills, and the Steelers. And with Wild Card Weekend being so expansive, I thought the best way for us to actually have a conversation about it is more so on the lines of which games are we the most excited about seeing. So everybody in the comments as well, let us know of the six games this weekend, what is your excitement order for those games? So game you're most excited to see, all the way to game you're least excited to see. Shout out to Mark in the comments. You mentioned the fact we got black quarterback versus black quarterback again in the playoffs. And spoiler alert, between the three of us, we all have the same game ranked number one. And that happens to be the Green Bay Packers traveling to Jerry World to take on the Dallas Cowboys Sunday, 3.30 p.m. It's going to be a game. So I'm going to pass the mic. I'm going to let Tim start us off with the energy. Tim, why is this the game you are most excited about? Hey, just like my bra right now, them motherfuckers sweating in Dallas. They don't want to see motherfucking Green Bay, bro. We going to head down there to that Lone Star State. I don't give a shit what y'all talking about. We have the ghost of Christmas past, <laughs> present, and maybe the future shit. They so worried about 
third, what was it? Uh, third and 22, third and 20? Third and 22, 20. I can't remember how many yards it was, but we 20. got that first down with Jermichael Finley. Third and 20, Aaron Rodgers, Jermichael Finley. We turn around and we got uh, the, the catch. One Jermichael Finley, though. That didn't happen. That was uh, Jerry Cook. Jerry Cook. I thought that was Finley outside. Jerry it was Cook. Cook. Oh, shit, I forgot we had Jerry Cook. Man. On the sideline when he caught the, huh? That was beautiful. Rogers, th- that was beautiful. Beautiful. So, my thing with these cats now is we've been talking about House Money with our young squad. The favorite, My favorite thing about playing with House Money with a young team, they don't know that they're not supposed to win these games. Right. They don't know they're not supposed to be able to compete with cats like this because the Dallas Cowboys are supposed to be elite because the Dallas Cowboys defense is supposed to be this and the third because they just a juggernaut on both ends of the ball. They're not supposed to know that once you line up and roll the motherfucking ball out that they're not supposed to be there. They're going to play with hunger. They're going to play with a fire and they're going to play like they're supposed to be there. I hope. That's the hope. Dallas fans, on the other hand, they terrified. Man, we can... Packers is a problem. Every year, every time we see the Packers, we got an issue. This all you know. Don't let us be the ones to put you on, my guy. I swear to goodness. Y'all ain't gonna ever shut me the fuck up. At all. At all. I'm gonna laugh at every single one of you goddamn Dallas fans. I've been using my uh Cat Williams. You motherfuckers have been oh my goodness. You have a That's my favorite. Hold on, where's it at? To, lo- to losers. The, 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 I'm, I'm gonna let Cat tell them the best. But anyway, when I find when I find out this cat. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. Let me get to you. The way that Tim is acting is the exact same reason why my uncle Michael, who is a Cowboys fan, texted me that he did not want to see the Cowboys, and he was like, "I don't want to hear y'all fans' mouth." Like that's really what it comes down to. And as Tim is showing, <laughs> Cracker fans are going to be insufferable. And for me, part of the reason I don't even talk like like y'all know me at this point. I'm not going to really talk crazy unless you come at me crazy, and then I'm gonna let the chopper sing. But for me, when I think Cowboys, Packers, I grew up again with my Uncle Michael, my Uncle Tony, Uncle Tony, Packers fan, Uncle Michael, Cowboys fan. And Uncle Michael was trying his hardest to recruit me to the Cowboys <laughs> side of the job. His heart is like, y'all, the Packers can't beat us. You keep seeing them lose. Come over to the Cowboys side. And I said, no, I'm staying with the Packers. And the 90s were tough. But since then, the Packers have gotten a comeuppance on Dallas Cowboys more times than not. So you enter into this game, as Tim said, house money, nothing to lose. Meanwhile, Dallas, like if they lose, Mike McCarthy might get fired. <laughs> He'll be out of there. And then you got to worry about the future coach. You got to worry about the future of your franchise. It's got to do it because he ain't did shit in the playoffs. Is the defense overrated now? There's going to be so many questions for Dallas. We ain't got shit. We like that fan that randomly say something to the top rapper. Go ahead and respond to us because you go turn us up. Ain't got you ain't got shit to gain from it. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to gain from this game. Because if you win, it's what y'all should have beat the Packers. They're the youngest team in the NFL. Defense have been inconsistent throughout the year. Their offense has been inconsistent throughout the year. They have a young first-year quarterback. They have no receivers past two years in the league. They have no tight ends past two years in the league. The oldest player on offense is Aaron Jones at 29. Like, there's so many things that we don't give a fuck about. <laughs> Whereas with Dallas, it's too many problems. But I'm gonna just, you know, I found I found Cat, and I'm gonna let y'all know the same thing I told the goddamn Bears fans because I'm gonna be insufferable, bro. That's all. That's all. Hold on, wait. I got I got something for you. Oh, shit. Cough on them real quick, and then tell them. You having an unnatural allegiance to losers does not like you. 
not like you. It's not like you. Stop being with these losers. Come on, carry the G with us. Come on. Y'all, when we get down there, switch your jersey. You already got one underneath it. We know. You love to love us. Secretly, I know we, what's that, that guilty pleasure? We are guilty pleasure. Y'all love watching us on Sundays. Y'all couldn't wait. And then y'all see, realize that, oh, shit. They coming to Dallas. Make sure you leave the doors open. Make sure you roll out the red carpet and shit. Dallas, win or lose. We ain't got shit to lose. <laughs> we know. This is a this is a squad where we thought we was in the rebuilding year. And granted, me and Camille wanted them because we seen the schedule. We seen how they were. We, honestly, we didn't make it there the way I thought we would because I thought our defense would help us get there. Yeah. Our offense actually got us there that towards the end of the year, which... Traditional Green Bay set up there correct so now going to dallas where they got the top defense or one of the top defenses you got dak prescott who said i'm not throwing 10 picks this year congratulations my guy you threw nine good shit good shit you didn't you you, you lived up to your word and stuff like that but can you do it in the off i feel like jago get two. Ooh, i feel like jago get two because he gonna hey. be chasing cd all that game to, he might not. We've seen Joe Barry deploy job where he is following the star wide receiver. We've also seen him where they go in zone. But if they kind of mix it up how they did against Chicago and DJ Moore, where sometimes it's man, sometimes it's zone. Like, I'm here for that. And you mentioned Ja. Mark caught what I did earlier. I did the, huh? I said, like, <laughs> I love Ja. Like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dwayne mentioned the fact that he doesn't like Green Bay, but for Tim's joy, he'd be okay if the Packers won. Are you a real one? See, see, I'm the opposite because I, I I like Green Bay, but like I don't I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to see Tim. Root against him, like that. That's hate. That's hate. <laughs> and to Mark's point, though, Aaron Jones has owned Dallas. Like that's a key piece of it, and you've seen how the Packers' offense has looked over the last three weeks with Aaron Jones back in the lineup, mm-hmm. able to cross a hundred yards consistently, and what that's able to do forward to this offense. Eric, I'm going to pass it to you. Uh, but I definitely was following Peter Bukowski on Twitter. He's the host of Locked On Packers. And he mentioned the fact that four of the Cowboys' five best defensive performances by DVOA came before week nine. They've been meh on defense the second half of the year. And he also pointed out the fact that Dallas's defense has given up 25 points per game to playoff teams so far this year. <laughs> so this is going to be an interesting matchup because this Packers offense has really taken off and we get to play on turf in this game here. Packers on turf have been really good so far this season. I believe it's been three games on turf. The offense is going to be an offensive shootout because the Packers make me nervous with that defense. You don't know who's going to show up with that. So if we get a defense that we've seen like the last couple weeks, we got a chance to win this game, and I'm pretty excited about that. But, Eric, I know you don't even really tap into NFL like that. So what about this game made this the one that you were, like, most excited about? Is it just the fact that it's the Packers, or is it the matchup itself? Yeah, I was going to say, full disclosure, it's Packers. <laughs> but, um, like, just looking at the slate of games that we had this week, like, it feels like Triple H booked this. I was going to say this and that. But, <laughs> like, it's so many storylines, like – it broke right for like the top four games all have like interesting subplots um based on like past relationships or somebody plays somewhere or somebody coach somewhere so like get Mark- mike mccarthy in the playoff as the underdog in a year that we aren't where you weren't picked to do anything 
um like that's delicious to me like i don't have any beef with mike mccarthy but it's like when he went to dallas i was like mike mccarthy is who i think bucks fans think mike Budenholzer is where it's like that really is a regular season coach that can't get it done in the playoffs um <laughs> so, so I was like, yeah, y'all, it's going to be big fun. We won through 17 at the time, 18 now. But when, when it comes time to actually make a run in the playoffs, like, lower your expectations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I was intrigued <laughs> by that possibility. Also, going back to Camille's point about the 90s, like, my first exposure to football was, like, those – playoff clashes with the Cowboys in the early 90s. Um, like, I remember, again, like, I came in on the front end of, like, the far white era, so, like, I never knew terrible Packers, but for it to be, like, such a big deal in, like, school, like, I remember it was, like, one Cowboy fan in my class, and he used to get shit from the teacher. Like, it was, it was that serious. Um, so, like, it's just, it, it it's nostalgia, it's past history, it's house money, because like one thing you didn't add, Tim, is that yes, it's a rebuilding year, yes, they're not supposed to they weren't expected to do anything but on the plus side, if they shit the bed on defense, Joe Barry's gone, so again I can't lose (laughs) (laughs) we have shit to lose, we have shit to lose all to gain (laughs) nothing to lose and to that point, just to wrap up the Packers Cowboys part of it, uh, what's so exciting about it is before the season, me, Eric, or me, Tim, and Ken all predicted. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Ken thought the Bears were going to be a wild card team this year, but me and that Ken, not right? Me and Tim were like, no, the Packers gonna make that wild card spot, and and. At that time, it wasn't even me saying, like, I think Green Bay is going to be ahead of schedule, but it was more so me looking at the landscape of the NFC and saying, like, there's not that many teams in here that, like, they're super great where you're like, ah, it's not like the AFC, where if you're nine and eight, it's not going to, you, you're going to be struggling to make it. But in the NFC, I knew it would be an opportunity for this team. And regardless if the Packers win or lose on Sunday, this season was a success because the point of this season, 2023, 2024, was to find out if they had a quarterback. And they now know they have a quarterback in Jordan Love. They now know they have some mm-hmm. really interesting people in their skill positions. They now know that some of these young dudes can really play. And that's what this season was all about, in my opinion. So it's a win regardless. And now we get playoff experience on top of that already. Like, mm-hmm. I am here for it. I am here for it. Boy, don't let us win on Sunday. <laughs> Ooh, I got family that's Cowboy fans that's been talking shit in the family group chat. Come on down, nephew. We got room for you in Dallas. Don't let me in your crib, huh? <laughs> Paint that bitch green and gold. Hey, I mean, that's part of what makes football fun. That's what part of makes sports fun is that 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 family aspect, the sharing mm-hmm. the, the the game with people who you care about. I'm very much looking forward to being able to, to spend Sunday with Uncle Michael. I tell him I love game. him, but fuck them boys. Even though he was like, <laughs> I might go to Pato and put some money down on the Packers to win this game. I am oh, not fooled. I am not fooled. I'll scoop you and bring you down there with me, Camille. If you want to go down there, we're going to put some money on them motherfuckers I together. Said, I ain't even like that. Said he was gonna go. We can roll a family trip, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put yeah. the money on these boys. 
but it's gonna be a fun game it's, it's gonna be so fun matter of fact i'm not even gonna mention how the the packers did the bears and how the score was only so low because the packers inf- has too many self-inflicted wounds against themselves i'm gonna save that until i can see ken's face when i talk about it to, the, to that point mason crosby i miss you brother the dog I know we got a rookie kicker, but damn, bro. Like, make the bunnies. Don't be Drew Holiday out here missing the bunnies. Oh, boy. You ain't have to do my boy Drew like that. <laughs> also, shout out to Drew. He'll be back this week. You you know what's interesting about Anders Carlson, though? Um, he has missed a lot of extra, like, more extra points than you would think. That's the piece of it for me. But, like, if you look at his actual field goal percentage, he's plus 80% from the, on this year kicking mm-hmm. field goals, which is – what some of like the best, like, that's what Mason would do in some of his best years, plus eighty percent. So uh, there is that with him being a rookie and all that. Like, yes, he definitely irritated me at various points throughout the season. But I think looking at that larger picture of like what his actual percentage was, it, it, how how many kick do you have the stats up? How many did he kick? I got it. Uh, eighty-one percent for the field goal percentage, which is 29th in the league. Good lord. Uh, extra point percentage is eighty-seven percent, which is thirty-third. That's not good. Uh, he got 115 points this year, which is t- tied for 20th. And he was, let's see. Well, I, I was, I was asking, season. like, what was it? Like, Straight field goal kicks, 27 to 33. 27 for 33. Okay. I mean, I was just curious, like, did they, because they were concerned, like, did they not give him opportunities to get, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it could be. There were some chances that we could. Where it's just like, they made the one, they, elected to kick when they thought he because I felt like they were pretty aggressive on fourth downs for the most part mm-hmm. um, so it's like they, they only elect to get to give him the kicks that they thought he could make as opposed to like again like Mace didn't have the strongest leg but like you at know, the end especially yeah. yeah so there's that I'm very excited for Sunday that's the game for me where I'm like that's the one and as we just mentioned all three of us have the same number one game where it's interesting, we all have different number twos. And Mark in the comments dropped the games that he's most excited about for this upcoming weekend. And his number two game happens to be the exact same number two game that Tim has, which is Cleveland and Houston. Why is Cleveland? Nasty man, bro. Nasty, nasty man, bro. That's why. And we only hate the nasty man ain't even playing. He ain't. That's the crazy thing. Joe Flacco has came in and made careers for motherfucking David and Joe <laughs> and Amari Cooper still like ball like Joe Flacco came in. So we have the team that traded Nasty Man got the re-up and used the re-up to become a playoff team in their rebuilding year as well with two picks on offense and defense. Shout out to CJ Stroud. Yeah. Shout out to uh Will Anderson. Will Anderson, because great rookie years. Yes. And then you turn around and you have to play Cleveland when you just traded that man last year. Jet not even 12 months ago. Traded that guy that's not gonna play. And it's gonna be wild if Houston is the one to put out uh Cleveland. Like that would that's why I think it's a great story because I'm like, Cleveland fucked up the quarterback market. <laughs> drastically and then turn around not even playing the man that you guaranteed all his money to and traded all these picks for to bring Joe Flacco out of retirement to get your team back right you lost your top two running well your top running back this year Jerome Ford 
Thankfully, stepped in for them. Yeah, he did. He did good. Kareem Hunt finally found his legs towards the end of the year. Their defense has been defensing all year. Miles Garrett is still a monster. And that's part of what helped keep them in the game while they were going through all different quarterback changes because they knew they had their defense to lean on as well. And their defense is crazy. So now you have C.J. Stroud and this young Houston offense who had weapon after weapon. I'm not sure what Tank, oh, Tank Dell done for the year, right? The year. I, yeah, he ain't come. He ain't playing this weekend. But shit, Nico Collins and Noah Brown have been, and then they still got the, uh, Dalton Schultz. Like they have enough, and then they still got the running backs. So they got enough on the offense to be able to give Cleveland an issue. Their defense is doing enough to give Cleveland, like keeping them engaged. If not, they've been in shootouts, mm-hmm. been in close game situations. So if it comes to a shootout, do you trust CJ Stroud or Joe Flacco? That would be fun. I'm not going to lie, which I wouldn't have thought I would say uh, a <laughs> Flacco, CJ Stroud shootout. But to your point, Dwayne mentioned that Cleveland Houston is his number one. The Flacco Renaissance against the Rookie of the Year, and he can't wait to see what that yeah. looks like. Yeah, and the Flacco honestly more for me because it's, they, so, it's so many storylines this weekend, like Eric mentioned, and that's what I wish I, like, I wanted all the storylines. That they, one was they want this motherfucker in the back. That was the fourth biggest storyline to me. I think in part, like if, if Deshaun Watson was actually playing, if Nasty oh, Man was playing, boy, like it's a, it's a different dynamic a bit. But hey, like. It is what it is. Eric, what's your number? Wait, wait, first, where'd you have this game ranked? And then what is your number two? Uh, I think I had this one fourth. And I, I docked it points just because the nasty man, like he ain't involved, but it's hovering over everything. So mm-hmm. um, my number two was Miami, Kansas City. Surveillance storyline there. Tyreek going back to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> And he be the reason to put out Pat. Oh, Ooh. Boy. Mm. Ooh, that's a good point, Dwayne. I don't know if you can highlight his, but he said he's torn because he wants Stroud to win, but he also wants Flacco to make it back to Baltimore. Again, storylines. Yeah, if we get Flacco back in Baltimore. Ooh. Like, they, they, may they may have wrote that already. They may have wrote that already. <laughs> <laughs> they already wrote that one. Flacco going back to Baltimore to... Ooh, and then you got NBA. Again, playing with house money. Like, you see the Flacco going back to Baltimore, or, well, actually, I don't know this because I don't know how the, the seedings break out. But if it is CJ Stroud, like, black quarterbacks, I'm good. I win. But no, uh, Tyreek Tyree Hill Bowl um, is my number two. Again, like, for me, it's more so, like, yes, the Tyreek part is big, but also it's just, like, those offenses. Like, I'm just interested to see, like, one – I know it's been a down year for Kansas City's offense, but it's still Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. <laughs> you know. Um, you never count and, and, what'd you say? You can't never count Pat Mahomes out in the playoffs. No, you cannot. Yeah. Um, but then also, it's kind of like Miami has a bit of a reputation as a paper tiger where like they fattened up on a bunch of teams below 500, but when they came up against other playoff teams, you know, <laughs> It was kind of shaky. So, like, I want to see what Miami team shows up this week. Um, like, I know they're dealing with some in- – or at least going into week 18, they were dealing with some injuries. So, that might be part of it. But, like, to me, it's just like – unlike Tim, I don't care if we're defensive struggles. Like, air, air it out for me. Let's, I want to see touchdowns on touchdowns. It was uh, – like, I only tuned into like, 
I don't know, like five minutes of Detroit and Minnesota, but it was just like touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. So like I, I enjoy that type of football and I feel like Miami, uh, Kansas City has the best chance of giving me that. So that's why it's my number two. I feel like that was my number three. My number two happened to be the Rams and the Lions because again, the storylines. Matthew Stafford was traded for Jared Goff. <laughs> Matthew Stafford won a ring with the Rams and now the Lions are back in the playoffs for the first time in years. And here oh, comes their old quarterback trying to put them out of the playoffs. Like, And he's going back to Detroit. Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Ah, and he's loved there. People, the people love Matthew Stafford. They were happy he got a ring. And now he's going to be the one trying to make sure they don't advance. I'm so happy it wasn't the Packers going back to Detroit for a while. I don't I didn't want to see it for the third time. I'm good on that. This is what I wanted to see. And Detroit has some injuries right now that's going to make it a little bit more difficult for them offensively. But seeing I'm I just can't wait to see these two go because Matthew Stafford got some firepower with his wide receivers Boy. over there. Motherfucking Puka. Puka. <laughs> <laughs> <Offensive motherfucking records. laughs> crazy, dog. Motherfucking Puka always going crazy. And you still have Cooper Cup, who ain't really looked like Coop this year. But let's just say he... Hey, it's the playoffs, bro. I'm just going to give everything. Everybody finna turn up for this playoffs, bro. Like, it's... Woo! The, the, the Stafford prevents golf from getting the... No, 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 he didn't get his ring in, in the Rams. Oh, damn. So, Golf could beat the Rams, then he kind of get rid of that ghost a little bit. You know what I mean? And he still could potentially get his Super ring. Bowl, right. They went to the Super Bowl, but they lost that one. And, and then, Mark in the comments point out the fact that Sam Laporte missing this game is going to be huge for, for, again, big weapon for the Detroit <laughs> offense. And there we talked about it last week when it comes to the, the argument, like, do you rest dudes? Or do you play? And it was a big debate on Twitter around the Lions because, like, y'all couldn't, like, there was nothing really for y'all to play for this particular weekend. And now you lost a key part of your offense in Sam Laporta. Well, he had some uh, incentives uh, that he could have reached at the end of the year. So that's why they was giving him a chance. I mean, it's money for him. That's a personal joint. Kind of like the Saints and Jamal Williams. I don't want an incentive, but they just want his, they managed to get something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we'll, we'll get back to that but um, <laughs> I think it's also in the, the DNA of Dan Campbell like he's always going to be aggressive so like for me it was like I started to text you guys when I was watching that game I'm like is Detroit playing for anything because I just saw like all their you know like I saw golf throw a touchdown to Amon Ross St. Brown I'm just like why are they playing <laughs> um, but yeah like it, once I thought about it I'm like it's Dan Campbell like he's always going to you know, Good point. all gas, no brakes. Like, it's that's just what he does. So it didn't surprise me. And it's like, you kind of have to live with the downsides of it. Like, if that's who you are, like, you don't want to take your foot off the gas because that sends a message to your team. Like, we ain't all in. We, no, like, you need yeah. not. I think from a culture standpoint, like, that's the type of game that you do play. It's like, we don't have anything. I mean, technically, to March point, Detroit was playing for the possibility of 2C, but like, we're, it wasn't we're, likely that they was going to get it. And... Yeah. So, but like, it's like, even if we don't have much to play for, like, we still go out because we, we're football players, we play hard, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. that's such a damn cool. Just from a uh, hypothetical perspective, Dan Campbell used to play. So, I wonder if him as a player used to be like, fuck, I'm resting for it, let me play. 
So that's the kind of mindset he would probably go with as a coach. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know for a fact that's the thing, but him being a former player and him being all gas, no breaks as a player, he probably was like, look, fuck that. We ain't resting nothing. We're going to keep on rolling because I, as a player, I, I may have sat one year and I'm like, ah, that didn't work. Hey, man. Like, I think what Eric brought up was a great point about the, the, the pulse of the team, the personality of the team it's going to be aggressive and that's the way they're going to play game in game out like that was a great way i think to frame it and i see Dwayne dropped in the comments the games that he's most excited about he already mentioned that cleveland houston was number one for him then he has detroit rams which we talked about green bay and dallas which we mentioned number four he has pittsburgh versus buffalo which for me uh that's my last one (laughs) <laughs> that was something last for me behind the Nasty Man Bowl. Um, and I think, yeah, I think me and Eric both had to have our fifth game there. Yeah. So we only have two more to talk about, which includes Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and then Philly and Tampa Bay. Honestly, both of those games are the ones where I'm like, if I got something else to do, I'm going to do it during those. Like, like, it's not the fact that it's even like the games are going to be bad because it's going to be playoff football. It's going to be entertaining. But like the other games got the storylines for me, you know? Shout out to Jake in the comments. What's up, fam? What up, though? Uh, Dwayne wants to see if Mike Tomlin can do it. That's I'm that's his piece of it. But it's like... Hey, listen. Hey, listen. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm interacting with the fans. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to you here and there, everywhere. Send me the hat. Do it on tight. I'm with Dwayne. And they say, I'm with Dwayne. Like, what you doing? <laughs> I'm interacting with the fans. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, but, uh, what up, JJ? No, what up, King? What up, though? It's, it's one of those things, like, all year. So, one, there was a graphic that, looking at the longest the most amount of winning seasons amongst coaches. And if I remember correctly, I think Tomlin had 21 straight, which is over non-losing seasons, which is over Bill Belichick and the Patriots when they was running with Brady. Oh, that's that's impressive as shit. Two, because they lost TJ Watt, which is huge, because defensive player of the year candidate, mm-hmm. freaking monster, like he literally changes the game. How well can that team adapt with losing TJ going against Josh Allen, who has a lot of fucking in his system a lot? <laughs> He's just moving and throwing that motherfucker whenever. So TJ would have been on his ass. So it'd have been fun to see that. But now that he's out of there, it's like, how can they, how well can they adapt to going against a Buffalo Bills offense again? We're talking about inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Well, one week. You like okay, Josh Allen MVP type numbers, and then the next week you be like, bro, what the fuck is going on? They've been playing well to end the year though. Like they have been playing well over the last few weeks. Buffalo has, and I think that they got some good momentum heading into the playoffs after beating Miami to secure uh, that AFC East crown for them. So it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, Dwayne added the high speed about to work a little harder, which absolutely in in Pittsburgh, absolutely. Uh, Dwayne, let us know what I said. Dwayne, <laughs> Shell, let us know what his rankings are for Wild Card Weekend. He got Detroit and LA at one, Green Bay, Dallas two, Cleveland, Houston at three, Miami, Kansas City at four, Pittsburgh, Buffalo at five, and Tampa Bay, Philly at six. I'm gonna just say one quick thing about Tampa Bay, Philly, and I'm gonna get y'all predictions 
for the weekend as a whole. If Philly loses this game, there are going to be a lot of conversations had because there was noise around this team about how they were looking as they were winning. Like it, it just doesn't look mm-hmm. dominant. It doesn't look like something that gives me confidence to say this is a Super Bowl team here. So if they lose wild card weekend, unfortunately, I can relate to that experience of <laughs> winning and not looking dominant and the belying issues under the surface, but. Um. Yeah, I like really quick on Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Like Pittsburgh has been putting it together with, or holding it together with popsicle sticks and duct tape all year. So <laughs> a lot. Like, I feel like that's only going to you know make them super powered even more. Um. But as far as Tampa Bay and, and Philly is concerned, like Philadelphia, if it wasn't for Dennis Allen <laughs> and the Saints, like I think that would be like the most. This roster hates this coaching staff. Five, <laughs> team. Like it's just, it seems. I don't know if it's the new coordinators. I don't know if it's Sirianni. Like I don't know where that animus is coming from. But it does seem like it's just bad vibes all around, mm-hmm. and the losing has only compounded it. Because um, like it's bad enough that they lost these games. It's that they haven't looked good. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't look good when they were winning, and they look even worse yep. during this losing streak. Yeah, then AJ Brown got hurt on Sunday. Yep. Jalen Hurts popped the finger out on Sunday. His finger was that shit was gross. Yeah. <laughs> so now you have to deal with that. Their Achilles heel is their secondary. So now you have to go against the Tampa Bay offense that has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and uh Otto, whoever I forgot his last name is Otto though, for their tight end. Like it's one of those things where they can kind of air it out against a Philly defense that can't stop the fucking pass. I don't think that the conversation would be crazy, though, because they lost the coordinators, but I do think... Here's a hot take. I think the tush push was a pro, is a problem for them. I think the tush push, because of the fact that they used it in so many crucial situations, they really got away from the actual run game. I feel like the more that they used it and the more successful it was, they only worried about really running like that outside of Jalen Hurts, because... Swift is a good running back. Earlier in the season, that motherfucker was moving. Then all of a sudden, as the season, the season kept going along, you start seeing a little bit less and a little bit less. But then they'll run it in these close to one or second and one or first and goal or situations with Jalen with tush push to where your running back really ain't being utilized the way he should anymore. The longer the season went on, the less they start utilizing the actual legit running back. Swift was good for them. Hey, I, feel I, don't like, know, I don't know if I'll say it was a crutch, especially if you just need a, a short yard situation. Get the yardage. How are you going to get the yardage? But the the piece of it with Philly that's most interesting, I think it was KG in the comments who brought it up. They lost five of their last six games. Mark pointed out the fact that there have been zero teams to win a playoff game after finishing the season one and five. Like, you know, mostly, you know, it's the hot teams going to the playoffs. You're like, ooh, you don't want to play them. Philly ain't that right now. And KG asks, do you trust Baker? The Baker I've seen this year? Yep. He can do it. I'm not saying he's going to be somebody who is like, you know, Aaron Rodgers in his prime, but like, this team played. Joe Barry defense, it would have been. We, it wasn't his Joe Barry defense. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It was the Joe Barry defense. Baker get his shit off. 
but it's, it should be a fun weekend. So to close just the playoff segment here, want to do predictions. So if y'all in the comments, let us know if you think you're going to win these, these games as well. We're going to mm-hmm. go in order uh, okay. with the schedule. So Saturday, first okay. game, Browns at Texans. Who you got? Mm, like quarterback. Mm, so you got Texans. I'm going to show on that one. <laughs> I, want, I want the Texans to win. I would love to see CJ do his thing. Like, and, uh, and Coach Ryan to get his uh to get his uh, comeuppance, bro, because he he coached the shit out of these guys this year. Like he made he should be coach of the year candidate, like for sure, for sure. He should be in the conversation, absolutely, absolutely. I think he's one of the top candidates. We got some Houston love in the comments here. I'm a, I'm gonna buck the trend here. I'm gonna actually go with Cleveland. Not the nasty man team. If he ain't playing, <laughs> he's not playing. He's still story. on that motherfucker watching the hill sideline. I want the storyline. If him yeah. winning means he ends up in Baltimore, give it to me. I want that. I'm not even hey, picking yeah. based on football reasons. I'm literally just picking that game on storyline. Fair enough. Is the uh, nasty man even allowed in Houston anymore? Damn. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll see a headline from Adam Schefter. He ain't traveling with the team. Definitely know he ain't allowed no uh, massage parlor. No, he can't go with the team at all. Saturday is the the Peacock game, which is Dolphins Chiefs. Who y'all got? Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, Peacock. Can we stop that? Like, I get it from a business perspective. Like, you need. I hate that shit because it and it's not even necessarily for me because like I got Peacock. I can watch the game if I want to, but it's like you're alienating an entire generation of fans from being able to watch a playoff game like it's one thing for a regular season game but for the playoffs like streaming is not it for these types of matchups like my grandparents for example like trying to trying to walk them through how to get a game on peacock or amazon prime or whatever it is it's like that's impossible and like i don't know i just i just feel like it, it's not fair to just be like ah we don't care about Senior citizen dollars, so fuck them. <laughs> we gonna get these streaming. Yeah. We gonna get these. That's that they demo, bro. Yeah, that demo. I can watch the other five games, <laughs> but who? I, I feel you on that. It's, it's it's a money thing for sure. But who y'all got in Dolphins Chiefs? I want my ooh. So I've been talking Black shit to my uncle. My uncle's a a Dolphins fan. I had Tyreek on my fantasy team all year, so of course I've been kind of partial to Miami. Just I, I didn't even fuck up if they won or not. Just give Reek the ball. <laughs> but, it's, I told him that I don't trust Emmy Nate Long. Oh, Mr. Roboto. Oh, Mr. Roboto. Oh, shit. Are you back now? Okay. Um, but I, I was talking shit to my uncle throughout the year. I'm like, he was like, what about the Miami Dolphins? I'm like, look, I don't trust y'all defense. I have faith in y'all, but I don't have faith in y'all because I don't trust y'all defense. Then y'all lose Bradley Chubb, who's y'all best pass rusher. It's like, fuck, bro. So, I, ooh, I won't. I want Miami to win for the Reek storyline. Reek would be the one to put out Pat, but at the same time, it's like the better team I feel like right now is Kansas City. Well, this is going to be the second time that they meet because, you know, last time I believe it was in Miami earlier in the season and Kansas mm-hmm. City won that game. But this, oh no, that was a game in Germany. I'm sorry. That was a Germany yeah, game. And Hill got hurt that game, I believe. Yeah, where the Dolphins lost, but. It's going to be cold in Kansas City on Saturday. It's going to be like 12 degrees cold in Kansas City. So let's see how how fast that offense looks in the cold as well. 
like for me, it's just that Miami can't beat good teams. So until they do, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the tried and true, proven team. Even though again, down year, Kansas City black quarterback. Yeah. Uh, if if Miami gets that ball moving, it's gonna be Stafford, uh, the Chiefs. This one's close to me, but I'm I'm gonna lean just towards the home team on this one, just for that tiebreaker. Sunday, Steelers at Bills. <laughs> Who you got? Buffalo. Same. No, oh, I would love Tomlin, but Buffalo. It might snow that game as well. Oh, if it's a snow game, I'm going with Buffalo. <laughs> it might be snowing, yeah. KG said he didn't think about the weather. That's the part. You got to think about the weather, too. Need some outside games here. But, yeah, it's going to be cold in Buffalo. It might be snowing. Not that Pittsburgh ain't built for that, but give me give me Buffalo. Yeah. Black coach, give me Philly, uh, Pittsburgh. All right. Packers, Cowboys. Who you? Ain't no goddamn way you gonna ask me that question. You know who I'm going with. You know where we going. It's it's a sweep. Yeah, it's a sweep. <laughs> I'm sure Kim about Cowboys. Uh, he, he lied. He a fat face on life. He said that shit. He know damn well he really put a goddamn face on. Last one on Saturday or on Sunday is Rams at Lions. Detroit. Ooh, give me the Rams. I feel like Aaron Donald will be in a backfield all damn game. Give me the Rams. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna sorry. go with the Rams. Cause you got and they running back Williams. That motherfucker is nice. Yeah, I'm nice. sorry, Detroit. I'm sorry, Detroit. But give me, yeah. give me the Rams. I feel like we'll have a Jamison Williams game though. I know uh, they uh, they got Amon Ra, but I feel like this would be the game that Jamison Williams probably like finally show where he's at, even though in the L. I mean, they ain't got they ain't got Sam Laporta, so they gonna need some extra, you know, help from the receiving core. So it could be. And then Monday we have Eagles at Buccaneers. <laughs> I don't want. Chaos. I got the Buccaneers. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay too. I got the Buccaneers, bro. Yeah. You want my quarterback? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Wasted <laughs> <laughs> by my own guitar. Eric <laughs> <laughs> got the Eagles, so. Appreciate everybody in the comments letting us know, too. There's a lot of, you know, continuity here amongst that. But it should be a real fun weekend. I'm looking forward to wild card weekend. Football, football, football. Can't believe the regular season is over. I can't believe I don't get to watch NFL Red Zone until September. It is what it is. NBA. Let's let's talk some hoops, some basketball. Let me actually start here because it's been some bad injury news in the NBA. Boy. Since we all last got together here, Tyler, Tyrese Hall, I said Tyler Halliburton. Tyrese <laughs> Halliburton, that man did the splits and got a hamstring. Mm. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Let me just say, me and the mister were talking about this last night. If you cannot do the splits and something forces you to do the splits, that's some pain. That's, that's some pain. That's some pain. So hopefully, I mean, even if you can do the splits, like I think doing the splits when you aren't intending to do the splits is always going to wind up poorly. Yeah. So shout yeah, out to Tyree. I'm glad it wasn't worse than what we heard, and I hope he recovers soon. Chris Paul recently got hurt as well. We can talk about that a little bit more later. But the one I wanted to talk about, John Morant. To me, missed the first 25 games of the season for a suspension. My or not Miami, Memphis was not looking good during that time frame. Ja comes back, and you like, oh shoot, 
they might I can see them pushing for that 10 seed. They can be a playing team. Like John John the mixture makes this team look all right. Like they can do something. Play nine games. In the West. Yeah, play like. nine games. Injures his shoulder working out. Now he has to get season ending surgery. He's expected to make a full recovery headed next season, but the Grizzlies have just had such bad in, in injury luck this season. They already had Stephen Adams out for the season. Brandon Clark hasn't played because he had an Achilles injury like last year. They've had dudes in out the lineup. Luke Nars played 13 games. Derrick Rose has played 17 games. Marcus Smart has played 19 games. To put that in context, they've played 36 games as a whole at this point. The That's Grizzlies right. are currently 13 and 23 in the West, 13th. They have they were seven and twenty without Ja Morant. They were six and three with Ja on the team playing. Like it's a big blow for them. And when you look at their schedule for the rest of the month of January, the Grizzlies got some games. I'm gonna ask y'all, what do y'all think the Grizzlies should do with this particular season? But I just gotta tell y'all who they play the rest of the month because it's going to count. It's gonna be why I'm saying what I say about what I think Grizzlies should do next. Tonight, as we record this, they have the Dallas Mavericks. Then Ew. they have the Clippers. Then Ew. they have the Knicks. Ew. Then they have the Warriors. Then they have the Timberwolves. Then they have the Bulls. Then they have the Raptors. Then they have the Heat. Then they have the Magic. Then they have the Pacers. And they close the month out against the Kings. Damn. Now, that's... That's tough. So that leads you right to about a week before the trade deadline at the end of the month. And again, Ja is the engine that make makes this team go. So I think playoffs are probably out of the question, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't if I was in charge of the Memphis Grizzlies, I wouldn't blow it up yet. I would see how this month plays out and then go from there. I don't think they're going to be end up being buyers or anything like that, but get a chance to see what some of these guys can do in extended roles and then try to think about next season a bit as well. Just see how this month ends and then go from there. And that's how I would play it, but I'm going to ask Eric first, what would you do? What should the Grizzlies uh, do? First off, I think it's it's just a lot of season for them. Like they were already behind the A-ball with Josh's original suspension. Um like you said, they came into the season without Adams and Clark. <clears throat> so they were already, again, they were behind the eight ball. Like they would have needed like a Herculean effort to even get back to contention. Um, and at this point, like there's no point in pushing. Like, lick your wounds, you know. I'm not saying tank, but like just play it out. If there are people that you don't see on the team long term, or that you can turn something into like future assets that can kind of help you. Um, I say you go that route, but like they don't, I don't think they have to go into a full tear down. They, don't, they have the bones of a team that can compete around Jai going forward. Um, it kind of sucks that they didn't get a chance to see what the new look team would look like. Because um, I, I think when they made the trade for Smart, I was like, this kind of combines Tyson Jones and uh, Dylan Brooks into one guy. Um, so I thought it was a good fit around Ja. Also, I have a built-in back point guard for when he sits. Like it's just, it was, it was pretty seamless. But we got well, Ja played nine games. I don't know if Smart played all of those because he was coming back from his own injury. So we didn't get to see that that much. Um, and I think that 
they need to know if that's the parent going for. I'm not saying that Marcus Smart is like his one B or anything, but like I think with Triple J with Desmond Bain, like is Marcus Smart like that fourth fifth option mm-hmm. in that starting lineup, or you know, do you need to pivot to something else? Also, I didn't realize Marcus Smart still is still in his twenties. <laughs> like he just feels yeah. like he's older. Was he about twenty seven, twenty eight? 29 so he barely but still like it's just like I thought he was like closer to Dame and and Drew Holiday where he's like in his early 30s but no he's still 29 um but I will I will channel my inner Tim for a moment John Horse don't get Marcus Mark (laughs) (laughs) if anything just 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 rent him out to us for the rest of the season we trade him back to you in the offseason we are you know it works kumbaya for both of us was good can I entice you with some Bobby Portis and some uh, Pat content and some second round picks? Oh, we'll give you some bets. They've been around for a while, you know? Yeah, y'all take right, You just need somebody to eat minutes in the regular season. You need, you need a big. You ain't got no Brandon Clark. You ain't got no uh, Steven Adams. Nope. Fuck you mean. You're going to need another guard. You lost Ja. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? Call yeah, I'll, I'll even throw in campaign for free. <laughs> <laughs> now you got a point guard. Like, what you mean? <laughs> what you talking about? We, we filling out the roster for you. Tim, what a regular season. Any thoughts on the like? Are you in agreement with where me and Eric stand, or do you feel differently about how the uh, Grizzlies? KG, KG, just wait like two minutes. Yeah, oh KG, we gonna get there. Trust me. <laughs> um, I feel like the Grizzlies should be sellers. Like I was thinking about the players that they have. Like Eric said, they have a skeleton of a team that should be still good. So if Adams come back, they'll be fine. Clark come back, they'll be fine. They still got uh Bang. They still got Triple J. They still. It, John Morant come back. That's five players already. Like it's not like your whole team is trash, but they're an asset or two, like a smart who may not be in the team's future plans. That you, you know, don't even waste everybody's time. You know, give them a chance to go ahead and come on over to a contender or a contending type team. Uh, take a couple assets backward that's gonna be on expiring contracts and things like that. You'd be able to free up a little bit of salary and everything. Like I'm, I feel like they should trade. They should be sellers at the trade deadline just to try to look for next year to help the team kind of bounce back. You see now that with job back, you guys are legit contenders. Legit. Like, no ifs, ands, buts about it. You guys have, at least for the playoffs, you guys can make it into there. Y'all can contend in the West. Y'all can go ahead and get these dubs and things like that without being behind 25 games. So I feel like if he's going to be back by the regular season next year, you have Dane come back next year. Yeah, like you have you you already have the nucleus of what you need, and you're gonna have to fill out the rest of it anyways. So go ahead and try to start picking these pieces up. Maybe you might like Bobby Portis next year, and you can hold on to him and stuff like that. You still come off the bench. You've been doing shit his whole damn career anyways. You got uh, Pat Connaughton for the most part, but <laughs> you got Pat Connaughton who can get, be the vet. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, throw in these couple cats here. You can pick and choose if you want to keep them or not. But these are things that will go on throughout the all season that you can figure out. You mm-hmm. already have a squad. So just go ahead and let Marcus Smart live. You'll pick up a couple assets, you know. We'll be all right. They'll be all right. Do I know my boy or do I know my boy? Do I know my boy? You sure do. KG does agree with Tim, but I feel like it's a great segue, Eric, into what you wanted to talk about this week for our NBA. Uh, it would have worked a lot better if Ken was here because they're kind of parallel things going on with the Lakers and the Bucks at the moment. Um, the Bucks are, are struggling. 
Yep. Big time. Um, basically, since the calendar turned over to 2024, which granted we're only nine days in, so <laughs> maybe I'm over exaggerating, but. Can I draw you to show that you're not over exaggerating? You're not. Can, can, I, can, I, throw, can I throw oh, some okay. numbers? Uh, the month of December, the Bucks were second in offensive rating. They were first in the effective field goal percentage. They were third in free throw rate. They were fourth in net rating offensively. Defensively, they were 14th when it comes to defensive rating. They were second in opponent effective field goal percentage. And they were 17th when it came to opponent free throw rate. So, again, 30 teams. They were middle of the pack for a lot of things defensively. Uh, when it comes to the effective field goal percentage part, that was luck. Teams were missing a lot of open threes against them. But calendar turns to January. The Bucks are now one and four, and they are now 21st in net rating with a minus 8.2. They are 19th offensively in offensive rating at bad. 19th effective field goal percentage. 28th offensive rebounding percentage. Eighth in free throwing. So that's dropped a little bit. And then defensively, it's been even worse. They are 25th defensive rating 20th when it comes to opponent field goal effective field goal rating which teams are making more open shots now uh and they're 27th in free throw they are following a lot so far to start off this month they are one and four since the calendar turned and that's coming off of an 11 and 2 december mm. okay so i'm not tripping <laughs> no no was like when you said that i'm like no you're not <laughs> But now the numbers back it up. Like, no, you're not. Yeah. That would not be him down 30 points to the Jazz last night. You're not. And, and it's there have been season long trends and things that <clears throat> haven't looked right. Um, like, I, we've talked about them kind of at, na- at nauseum. Um, there have been coaching stuff, which I made a thread on Twitter earlier this week about the coaching and like the criticism of the coaching, which somewhat came off as a defense of Adrian Griffin, which it didn't really intend to be. It's just, I'm tired of the conversation always just being, you know, either fire the coach or don't fire the coach or, you know, like blaming coaching for everything. It's like, these are professional players. Like if they can't be motivated or if they don't know to box out or if they don't know to get back on defense or if they, you know, like they don't know to guard, you know, with your feet and not with your hands and don't foul. Like these are things that, yes can be coached to a degree but at the same time it's like professional pride like taking pride in your work actually doing the little things that got you to the nba in the first place like using your athleticism to, to hit the get, hit the glass yep. um like the boxing out really just kills me because it's just it's, oh it's a lot of standing around and like aside from brooke lopez like nobody on the team knows how to fucking box out but everybody sorry but Essentially, it's like I'm not absolving the coaching because that's been subpar. But at the same time, it's like this isn't a perfect roster. This isn't a team that even if it had, you know, prime pop or Eric Spolster or whatever, like I don't know if it necessarily has the components to be a great defense. Um, And they're a little bit light on athleticism, at least in their regular rotation guys. That's coming. Yeah, right. Um, So, like, I'm just saying, like, don't just automatically go to coaching if you're not going to be specific about, like, what scheme stuff you're not seeing, what rotation stuff you should see. If it's just, like, play the young guys, it's like, okay, in what lineups? You know what I mean? Like, be specific so that we can actually have a constructive conversation and it's not just you bitching about, oh, I hated this coaching hire, so they need to get rid of them. 
or gonna be you know, I became a Bucks fan because they got Dame and it's not going the way I think it is. So clearly he's not using Dame, right? Okay, tell me how he's supposed to use that. Tell me what type of actions you want them to run. Tell me what type of offense, you, like really break down like what you're actually seeing on the court and not just, I don't know, this team isn't doing what I think it's supposed to do and I want to criticize something. So I'm just playing the coach because that feels, it just feels lazy. It's lazy. Which is crazy because Yes, we're struggling, and yet we still got one of the best records in the league. Second in the East. So it's like, we're, we see certain things as fans, sure. We see certain things, and we're used to certain things defensively. Everybody was about, fuck that defense, fuck that defense, fuck that defense. We need offense. Now you fuck that defense. Now everybody's screaming, we need defense. Shut up. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Because seriously, <laughs> it's bothersome as fuck when motherfuckers be like, oh, fuck this team, the season over. We're 25 and 11, bro. 25 and 11. And then the sneeze the fuck at. Like, that's crazy as hell for everybody to just start, oh, we ain't going to win shit. We ain't going to do nothing. We lost 11 games. 12 now. Jazz was 12. 12 12 now. But still, I get it. We're struggling. We're on a a downward turn. I get that. You you feel like shit's not going the way that we're trending down. Yes, that is true. That is very true. But who's to say that that can't get righted as well? Who's to say that it's only because because coach ain't out there sitting there watch mother Malik Beasley being smoked? I was like, you know what? Malik Beasley is now just motherfucking uh, Bryn Forbes. I, tell someone me, tell me I'm lying. No, someone, someone. I saw someone on I can't remember who, but someone on Twitter said, "Imagine if Coach Bud would have thrown." Uh, Bryn Forbes out there and said you defend the best player all the time. Like, if motherfucking Tyrese Halliburton pointed at the flow, my man looked at it and he was gone. <laughs> Shit like that is happening. That's not nothing to do with the coach. He put him out there, sure, because he can shoot. I, crazy. One, th- one thing I will say about that, like, yes, Malik Beasley, using him as an example, no, he's not going to be perimeter lockdown, but that's on the coach to say, like, I'm not about to keep putting you on the best player on the other team like you seem to do it so now you need to adjust and that's the thing with the Bucks team that's so maddening I think people clinch and they grab onto the one thing that they're like it's this this is the problem when in reality it's like four or five different things happening all at the same time and they're all just intertwining with each other and it's like if every like what Yana said everybody needs to be better he was not wrong about that no there are things coaching doesn't make sense like rotations aren't making sense at times and then the players on the court as Eric mentioned they're not getting back on defense they're they had that to, bro. Like, what y'all doing it what? was a fast it was a fast break with Giannis and he was running against the Jazz and he looked around and there were just jazz jerseys there was no white Bucks jerseys around him and I was just like wow like y'all y'all back there watching my men's run up the court like it's, it's one of those things where I get it. Sure. We, certain cats is getting smoked or whatever. It is up to the coach to do it. But that TJ McConnell play, for example, the last Pacers game. Your players have every to Pacers hustle. Game. Man. Yeah. Every Pacers game is TJ McConnell. Like what's funny is we was, that was one of the players that the Bucs was looking at in offseason we didn't get. <laughs> that was one of the names that was kind of floated out there. Like, hey, he might be able to. We may be talking about TJ McConnell. We didn't do it. He signed with the Pacers. Cool. Whatever. But you have to have a hustle player like that. You have to have players that want to give, that want to try, that want to 
hey, I know I'm not the best at this, but if I give maximum effort or whatever the case may be, whenever I'm out on the floor, cool. That ain't nobody gonna complain about that then. Motherfuckers was complaining about Grayson Allen, but every time he was on the floor, that man, he at least tried on damn defense. He was getting cooked, but he tried. He was Please. there. He was closing out. He just did, did, did you did you say he tried? No, he do be trying. Like he just, he just ain't good. He's at not it. good. He's just not good at it. And, like, and so, like, here's the thing. Like, Tim, you brought up like their record before, which we, I mean, we talked about that when we talked about the Eagles. It's like you can be, you can have good results and have bad process, and it kind of yeah. belies like what could happen down the road. So before you get to that, well, I mean, we're kind of at that point. <laughs> like we're using the Eagles as an analogy. We're probably after the 10 and one start, like we're at the, you know, the 10 and three part or the 11 and four part, you know, where it's like, Hey, y'all kind of sliding a little bit. You might want to, so like you still have time to kind of steer out of the state, steer, steer out of the skid. Um, but that actually brings me to my question, which is, Changing the process means reconfiguring this roster to a degree. Um, it also, you know, a hard decision <laughs> needs to be made about coaching because um, I see, a, a, you know, KG and Shells in the comments are talking about, hey, you know, do you think the coaches lost the lock, locker room? The players seem to be going through the motions. Like th- those are indictments on, you know, a lack of buy-in to what you're trying to do. Um so that, that's the second question. But the first one is like, how do you guys want to see this roster remade as we are one month out from the NBA trade deadline? I've always been bad at being like, hey, give me a trade. And I'd be like, you you show me a trade and I'm going to tell you if I would do it or not. I've always been that type of person. But what I will say, just to add an input to the conversation is that I know we have an emotional tie to Bobby Portis here in Milwaukee. He is always going to be good in Milwaukee. But at this point, if they continue trending the way that they are, uh, I think that you need to dangle Bobby and probably Pat Connaughton in trade discussions to see what you can get back. Because a need that the Bucks have, they do also need another backup big, one that can actually play the scheme that Griff is trying to implement, which is more aggressive, more switching. Because guards get Bobby switched on them and they just like, cool. Like that's that's what I want. <laughs> so, like that's the need where I'm like, we need another big, and I think another need for this team, of course, comes down to a, de- a point of attack defensive player, somebody who you can put on the best player on the opposing team, and I think that's also part of the uh, appeal of the Andre Jackson Juniors, of the Marjan Bochamps, of the Chris Livingstons now after the Jazz game where you're like, one, they're athletic. (laughs) They're quick. They move. And to Tim's point earlier, they are hustling. Like, they might make the wrong move, but they're going to make that wrong move at 100%. Like, they're Mm -hmm. not going to half-ass anything. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. And that's why people want to see them in the game. So, yeah, I'm I'm cool with seeing what you can get back for, for Bobby and Pat at this point. Um, And I would also say that with Jay Crowder returning, what I do hope to see happen with this Bucks team, one, I need them to stop pressuring uh, opposing ball handlers so far away from the hoop. Griff was trying to implement that because he wanted the Bucks to be a more turnover heavy team. They are last over the last few weeks in forcing turnovers. Like if you're not good at it, stop doing it. You don't have the personnel to do it. Stop doing that. I want to see more small ball. Uh, Giannis at the five lineups, and I think Jay Crowder coming back helps unlock that a bit for this team, especially if you're going to be switching. So 
I just had to say that because I the fact that we're last in turnover rate and we keep doing the same things and now we can beat straight line drives to the basket, like coach, make the adjustment. Giannis kind of said the same thing that I was saying earlier in the year, whereas, well, it's two things that he has to acknowledge. One, that when it came down to it, you helped decide this coach. Yep. You have to be okay with whatever the hell he's doing because you decided to go with a rookie coach as opposed to a veteran coach because I told you who I wanted before the season started. Two. It was Kenny, right? Yeah, Kenny Atkins. I wanted Kenny Atkins. Uh, two is what he said a lot of things that I said earlier and we said earlier. We can't stop shit. We can't stop the three. We can't stop the mid-range. We can't stop the floater. We can't stop the paint. Like, pick a poison. Be good at something. Take away something. Right now, we're giving them any and everything. Any dude that can hit a floater in the league, they're, hitting the, they're putting 20. When we played Indiana, I seen Bruce Brown was back. This is the first game. Bruce Brown back. I was like, he's going to hit like 20 goddamn points because he's just going to throw the goddamn floater. And he hit at least a couple of them in crucial situations where we needed to get a bucket or a stop. And they did that shit. So in for you real quick, because you just hit on a really, really good point. The Bucks of old underbud gave up a lot of floaters too. And you get frustrated because you get killed and dropped by mid-range specialists. But those Bucks took care of protecting the rim and they didn't allow a lot of three-point shooting. So like you can't take away everything. You gotta give up something. But something. to your point, this Bucks team is giving up everything. <laughs> like games we send it Spurs game. We damn near could have lost that game because we left Tyus Jones wide the fuck open in the corner. Like, whose man is that? Process over. Like, come on, bro. Like, we got to take away something. If we're going to give up threes, cool. Don't let them hit the uh, the paint. If we're going to give up mid-range floaters, fine, cool. Don't let them hit a motherfucking threes like that. Like, we got to take away something. Right now, we can't take away anything, so all we focus on is a shootout. And that shout out to everybody who said, fuck the defense, fuck the defense, fuck the defense. Now is that, again, what are we going to stop? Now isn't everybody, we gotta, we can't do anything. We can't stop nothing. And we ain't scoring like that. Number three, I really hope Dame Brown's in the shape at some point in time. Because I said it earlier in the year when we was he was putting up his 25, his 30, his 35. I was like, yeah, but he shot like shit. But yeah, he put up, but he shot like shit. Ugh. He's still shooting like shit. And now I mean, those free throws ain't dropping the same way they was because they're not giving the same calls. That's what that's what's changed is that his whistle has kind of changed. Like maybe like they realized that he was just kind of like trying to bait fouls. Like now they're they're more hesitant to give him those calls that he was getting earlier in the season. But like he was still an efficient scorer because he got to the to the free throw line so much. They kind of made up for his actual bad shooting from the field. Like now he doesn't have the free throws to lean on, and he's still not shooting well. Um, which it, I've been underwhelmed with the Damon Damian Lillard experience thus far. But I also like that's where I'm definitely extending grace because it's somebody that's been mm-hmm. in one situation for 11, 12 years. As a star, you're used to being catered to. So, like, it's it's all about, like, their comfort and their, you know, like, because they're the engine that makes it go. So, it's, it's everything's been geared towards them. He's coming into a new situation. He's going through personal stuff. He's away from his kids more than he's ever been. He's in a new city. I also found out that he's actually renting out Drew Holiday's house. Oh. Sorry. Um, but you know, it's it's all new, so I I'm not surprised that he's 
struggled a little bit. I don't know what his personal issues were that made him miss yesterday, but clearly it's something going on with him, which that's more important than basketball. So, like, hopefully whatever that is gets situated and then we see the results on the court. Um, but, like, they, they can't win if they don't have him doing what he was brought in to do. So, like, on top of all the other issues that they have, if that doesn't get fixed, then none of this matters. Like, they can... They can grab all the other low-hanging fruit that they have. They can start getting back on defense. They can start rebounding at a rate. They can start, you know, role players can start hitting shots. If Dame isn't Dame, then all of this is for nothing, which is unfortunate. But, like, that's the biggest move that they need to make is trade for Portland Damian Lillard and not Milwaukee Damian Lillard. To your point about (laughs) Dame, uh, I wanted to take a look at the numbers with him, too. And his numbers have been down super big in January. Again, it's a smaller sample size than what we saw in December. But in the month of December, he was averaging about 26 points a game. So far in January, he's averaging 20. That's 19.8. So I'm rounding up. He was shooting 43% from three in December. He's shooting 16% from three so far to start off the month. And to Eric's point, it's going to be really hard to win when you're more of a top-heavy team. And part of that top heaviness isn't coming through with the bucket you expect. He's a career 37% shooter from three. So like, I don't expect this slump to last long, hopefully. Um, but he has to, he has to knock down shots for this team. I, I don't want to be conspiracy brother, but do we think that's kind of by design to kind of move a coach around? No, nah, I don't think so because Dame is still trying to get his number. Like, there's things that you are still playing for. Like, you ain't trying to go one to eight from three. Like, you don't do that on purpose. You want to win. Like, there's something about that competitive nature in there, and too. And then, too, every, from all reports, the locker room itself, like, the guys like each other. And you don't want to give up on your brother in that way either. So, I wouldn't even put that on Dame. He don't seem like that type. Now, if a report come out about some backstage bucks coach just like then it's like oh okay well who is this who is this coming from but yeah if it's but, Chris Haynes we know where it's coming from <laughs> nobody <laughs> moving though because we we had an hour 13 and we still have Tim's NBA point and wrestling to get into so Tim what you got for us uh speaking we've talked a lot about injuries we've talked about a lot of disappointment we've talked about uh shortcomings with multiple teams so far and that does not exclude the golden state warriors the golden state warriors have been riddled with injury suspension <laughs> issues all year so it made me kind of go back and i was like uh, some point last week i was just like at one point when golden state won the title and then they had all them draft picks and they had all the young guys that they was able to run across. And we were like, damn, Golden State about to run into these drafts on top of having a team that's playoff caliber. Like, they about to have a crazy euphemism. So then the story around Golden State for the NBA was they're trying to mesh their youth movement on top of their championship team. And can they do blah, 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 blah. Two okay, timelines. Two timelines. We're trying to build them into one. So let's just start with 2019. Right. 2019, they grabbed... Eric Pascal and Jordan Poole, who are the two main headliners from now. Cool. 2020, the top pick, the number two overall was James Wiseman. Cool. 2021, they had the number seven and 14 picks, and they decided to grab Moses Moody and Jonathan Kamini. 2022, they had the number 28, which ain't the same as the top 10 pick, but they picked up Patrick Baldwin. During that time frame, 
We no longer have Jordan Poole on the Golden State Warriors. Right. We no longer have James Wiseman on the Golden State Warriors. Moses Moody really ain't really been about shit on the State Warriors. Jonathan Kaminga is finally, finally starting to come into his own to the point where he's replaced Andrew Wiggins in the starting lineup. But that's it, bro. You had this. Let me go back and tell you again. You had the number. What was it? Jordan Poole was the number 28 pick. Okay. But he turned into a really good player. You had the number two pick in Wiseman, the number 14 pick, and the number seven pick. Did they blow their youth movement? Did the two lines, the two lines never meshed. But do we think that Golden State really kind of blew that youth movement then, so to speak? Because at this point, they should have their center of the future. They should have a small forward of the future. They should have a combo guard of the future. They should have a point guard or shooting guard or whoever the f- bucket getter on this squad. And then they turn around and pick up GP2. So it's like they had young guys that was helping them get to the chip. They had young guys that helped them win the chip. But these guys are no longer really a factor in this whatsoever. Like, did they really just waste their entire youth movement? To answer your question, uh, very obvious, yes. <laughs> um, but I think that it was hubris in the first place to think that they would nail this because the reason... Uh, shout out to Steve John Jr. from the Ducker Spot, but he said the biggest thing for young players is fit and opportunity. Mm-hmm. And like high draft picks coming into an established team with veterans blocking pretty much every pathway to playing time like they're not going to have the opportunity to play and then on top of that they pick players that didn't necessarily fit the type of the type of player that the warriors needed like the warriors are a very unique offense within the nba um their system is a lot of movement a lot of passing a lot of cutting it's not heavy on pick and roll um and so you need very specific players to be able to flourish within that system. And like James Wiseman was never going to be the player that they needed. So unless unless they were ready to retool like the way that they did offense, like James Wiseman was always going to be was a, a round peg in a square hole. Mm. Yep. Jonathan Kaminga, kind of same deal where it's like you you picking these athletes and you think that you can turn them into Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. It's like no, <laughs> like they you know, if you were going to go the more methodical route, like there were other players that you probably could have picked that better fit what you were trying to do. But you thought, oh, no, we're Warriors. We're great. We've done this. We did that. We've been per- we've been the perfect organization and we've done everything right for the last decade. So we can do it again. And it's like one, their core got old and yep. there's nothing worse than having a star <laughs> who is on the downslope that doesn't realize that they on the downslope because then they they're either Clay Thompson or they're Draymond Green <laughs> where either they play drop song or they fight and claw and start resorting to antics to kind of make up for their lack of production so it's like those aren't the right vets to really bring in young kids and be like oh yeah I'm gonna groom you to take my spot it's like no I'm still Clay Thompson I'm still Draymond Green Fuck y'all! I want my playing time. Like it, it, there's just a push and pull from an organizational standpoint, and you can only put your resources in so many places. 
what they should have done, I don't know because there's so many variables. But like, if there were vets or whatever that were available for those picks, that you know, like what they are as NBA players, they're past like their ego, they're already established, they can sacrifice for a team, a la uh, um, Andrew Wiggins, where it's like you take a guy that was something in Minnesota, he's gone through his whole growing pains of. I need to show that I'm a max player. I need to get my money. I need to do this. I need to do that. Like, Jonathan Kamingan coming out last week and saying, like, he's kind of fed up with Kerr or, you know, leaking that he's fed up with Kerr. It was like, yes, that's selfish, but, like, he's at a point in his career where he has to be selfish because if he doesn't doesn't show something now, like, he's extension eligible in the summer and – that changes like the trajectory of his entire career. So he's like, yo, I need to play. I need to play a lot. Like I don't I've been playing better than Wiggins. I've been playing better than Clay. You're not playing me. Blah blah blah. Like it's like, fuck this team. I'm about me. And it's like I can't fault him for it. And like that's the push and pull of like a team sport where it's like you want your individual accolades. You want to get paid, but at the same time, like you're supposed to buy into a system. And that's hard for a kid that's 2021 that thinks that he should be you know, the next Paul George or the next whoever. So again, like that's another thing you think about, like when you're drafting these players, like who can come in and be a role player, a star in their role until they're ready to graduate to something bigger. To, just, real quick, because I don't really, y'all covered it really well with the, the topic, so I won't add too much on, but the Kaminga thing is interesting because theoretically you would think that you could slot him next to Andrew Wiggins and they would play well with each other and that has not been the case. And Wiggins has not had a good season. Kaminga has been playing well, and there's been times where he's taken out the game, and he's like, I don't even know what I did. Like, why am I not playing when I see who's in front of me, and they're not doing what I was just doing? Even Moses Moody pointed out, like, I want more playing time, too. And I think with Chris Paul's injury, that might allow him to get on the court a little bit more because they need just guard play at this point, even though the roles are different, what they ask of CP3 and what they ask of Moses, but it's opportunity to be on the court. And now that Draymond is coming back from his suspension, how does that squeeze the minutes even further with Kaminga and Wiggins? Like, I think there's going to be a trade coming for this Warriors team before this deadline is over because the pieces just aren't making sense. Uh, Before we bounce, I just wanted to put a last number on the draft picks and assets that the Warriors had just from 2019 to 23. They've had 13 draft picks in the last four years. Ain't did nothing with none of them. They got a championship. Yeah, which is... They got they Jordan Poole got that. Now he in uh, Washington. Conspiracy brother. I think he's doing that shit on purpose to get out of Washington. Honestly, I think the way he's playing, I think he's doing all of this shit intentionally to get out of Washington. He didn't look like he wanted to be there when he got traded. He didn't look like he wanted to be there during his media day. He didn't look like he wanted to be there at any point in time since he's been in Washington. And I feel like the way that he's playing right now is to make himself irrelevant to where they like get this motherfucker out of here. The only problem is now you have a poison pill contract to motherfuckers if you're going to play like that. It's $27 million a year to have the worst uh, plus, over, minus. Uh, plus minus in the league is not a good time. Nah, Meanwhile, uh, Kyle Kuzma was like, fuck it, shit. I'm here. Kuzma's doing what we thought Jordan uh, Jordan Poole would do. Hey, I'm here. I fuck it. I'm going to chuck it. 18 goddamn threes in one game is ridiculous. <laughs> Seeing that, I was like, oh, no. He didn't give a shit, bro. He think I'm shooting everything. I feel it. Before we wrap up NBA, though, just want to point out the fact that broke while we were recording. Uh, Miami head coach, Eric Spolster, he had a contract extension with Miami Heat. 
Eight years, $120 million plus dollars. Wow, that's a lot of money. It's a lot but of money. Well earned. Well <laughs> to say, one of the best coaches in the league, like super well deserved. So let's get into wrestling and get out of here. Air, why don't you kick us off with the Royal Rumble pool announcement? So every week when we do the game, needs a name. I ask Tim and Ken, did they do their homework? And usually the answer is no. Um, I assigned myself uh, my own homework assignment and uh, I actually did it this week. So yeah. if you look on uh, our Instagram or our Facebook, you will notice that I have post. I need to post it on Twitter. So I guess I I got it incomplete. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look on our Instagram <laughs> or our Facebook, you will see that I posted uh, the entry form quote unquote for the Royal Rumble pool. Royal Rumble is January 27th, I believe. Um, so just make sure that you enter. You can just email us. I mean, honestly, if somebody wants to put it in the chat now that you want to be entered in, I can take your information down. Um, as a reminder, the TechFile Royal Rumble pool is a opportunity for you to win a swag package. From Swag. yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> yours truly. Um, you just enter in. We're taking three. Uh, excuse me. We're taking thirty entries. Um, you'll be assigned a number before the Royal Rumble starts. Um, if the wrestler that comes out at the number you are assigned ends up winning the match, you win the prize. So, uh, you know, like I know we have a couple wrestling fans in here. At least I know that you. You know, the Royal Rumble is always fun to watch, but. It gives you a little added rooting interest, if you will. Um, that makes you root for people that you might not have otherwise. It's like, you know, Titus O'Neil comes out at your number. You got, hey, this could be, <laughs> this might be his year. I don't know. Well, you throw your remote. God, there ain't no way, boy. <laughs> Everything is better with a rooting interest. So I would highly encourage you. If, even if you're just like, I don't know, watch wrestling, but I'm, if you got Peacock, it's going to be free anyway. So join the Royal Rumble pool, get a number, get something to cheer about throughout the, the, the pay-per-view. I'm sorry, premium live event. Uh, and, and go with that. Rock with us. It's always fun. It's always fun. Um, we automatically enter, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I figured I was given, but I have an X. Hey, that's not a bad question. That's not a bad question. And I got a question for y'all because I have found our truth in the Judgment Day ah. hilarious. I have really been enjoying our truth photoshopping himself into pictures, the video montages, the t shirt where he got his name down below. And I wanted to ask y'all is this just a Sami Zayn bloodline parallel or is this its own thing? That's it. <laughs> That's it, right? Except okay. for it's our truth, so nobody's gonna take it serious. Yeah, like with Sami Zayn, they take it serious. Yeah, it's the same vibe, but I think that this is more supposed to be just like a fun thing, which honestly, I feel like that's what the bloodline thing started with Sammy. Like, I don't think it was serious at first, but it's like people grabbed onto it and kind of made it into this melodramatic thing. But like, our truth is just a, a national treasure when it comes to professional wrestling. Like, you can kind of turn anything into something fun. Like, his hair is going. Like, I don't know how he has a double line and a ball spot in the front, but. <laughs> you know, it's our truth, so I ain't even gonna question. It. Um, but no, I, I mean it's fun. I've enjoyed it. Um, he plays the delusional, not really sure what's yes. going on character so well. Um, and like seeing the people react off of what he does is also fun in and of itself. It's like who takes it serious. Like some people are in on a joke. Like Damian Priest is just 
tickled by everything <laughs> and like JD McDonough is pissed and Dom he seems to be and like, uh, JD is Jimmy. No, wait, uh, I got it backwards. JD is Jay and mm-hmm. Damon Priest is Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it is similar vibes, but I would imagine that it's going in different directions just because of like the players involved. I would hope so, but I've been enjoying it. I just wanted to say that because I was watching it last night and the mister was like, well, you know, I mean, when Sami Zayn came in, it kind of made the bloodline more funny. And I was like, that's what R-Truth is also doing with Judgment Day. Like, I, I, I enjoy it, but I just saw the parallels and wanted to bring that up. Like, it's really fascinating. I want to see how this storyline ends. So speaking of ending storylines, Tim, end our wrestling storyline for the week. What you got for us? My question is, since CM Punk has returned and signed with the Raw roster, do you feel like he has either enhanced, kept the same, or kind of brought it down a little bit as far as the wrestlers go? I'll preface that by saying, kind of what you were saying last night, watching last night, Drew McIntyre cut a fire-ass promo. Mm -hmm. And at mid-promo, Punk walks out. And me and the wife watching it, we like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, man, he, as he's cutting this promo, I was like, he honestly has been one of the main people talking shit about Punk since Punk came back. Like, every time he gets on a promo, he always says some slick shit about Punk. Then Punk walks out. I'm like, and we both like, oh, this could be a good rival. This will be a good love. Didn't even consider it because, like, everybody kind of talking shit about him. You know what I mean? But then when he came out, we were like, this actually could be kind of a fun little rivalry right here. And then he did the old school CM Punk leaning on the ropes and shit like that with the microphone. Go ahead, finish your shit. Go ahead, finish your shit. I'll wait till you're done. Like, so Steph Rollins cut a fire-ass promo since he's been back. Yep. Drew McIntyre's cut a fire promo since he's been back. I think Sami Zayn did. Or somebody else did. But like, it's like everybody that's come across him or has tried to interact with him has been kind of, to me, stepping their game up when it comes to promos, for sure. We ain't seen him wrestle yet. That's the, that was her whole thing. She was like, "What the fuck? We gonna see him in the ring? Cause stop wrestling behind the scenes. Come on, bring your ass on the screen. <laughs> Get this win on the screen." But because he has been wrestling, he like his first match was against Dom. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we see that y'all kind of kind of warming him up to get back out here like that. Cool. But it made, it made me think about. It. I'm like, CM Punk effect. Has he been better for the roster, or has everything kind of been the same? I think he's improved. I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't really. I haven't been watching Raw. Like, like I've, I've caught the highlights, but I feel like the Bucks have played a, a whole bunch of Monday games. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. um, but like, I think that it's kind of like when you have somebody that can like really wrestle, like at Daniel Bryan or somebody, where it's like if you're in the ring with them, you kind of got to step your game up because you want to go toe for toe. Like I'm thinking about like the Miz. Like he always had great matches with. Daniel Bryan because like he would wait, raise his level up to try to keep up with Bryan. I think the same thing applies to Punk on the mic where it's like you have this dude that's a magnet for attention like his promo spots are always fired like you know you got to bring it on the mic every mm-hmm. time you go at him because if you don't you gonna get you know you gonna get killed so it's got I think that it's he raises the bar and not to show throw shots at AEW, but I feel like that's the difference between like the two locker rooms where it's like they look at punk as an opportunity. The other ones look at it like he's the enemy. And it's like right. even if you don't like the dude, like that's money. Like if you can if 
as Drew McIntyre, like if you can ingratiate yourself and make a punk um, storyline, what am I, not rivalry, whatever. Like if you can get into a few, that's what I was like, if you can get into a few with punk, like that elevates you up the car. Like it's Drew McIntyre, so he's already up there, but it's like, that gives you like a focus, like premium spot on Raw. Like you have all the promo time you want. Like you can do whatever, like that's an opportunity. Just like getting in the ring with, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels back in the day was an opportunity. Like it's, it, you want to be in those spots and like having somebody to kind of strive for and kind of work against raises every like you know raising tides lift all boats or whatever the saying is. So I, I think it's all it's all money like from there and the fact that on shows that Punk is appearing like the ratings are probably going to be higher. Um, you have more of a propensity to go viral, like everything that drives the wrestling business these days, like punk elevates. So whether you like him or not, like I think that you should be gunning for him. Um, and to that end, like Cody had a quote that came out today where he's talking about like punk coming back and rock coming back and all these things. And he's like, I know what I'm up against. And it only makes me go harder to be the face of the company because like, these are dudes that I'm fighting with spots for. Right. So I got to go, you know, above and beyond to get to where I want to be. That's a fact. You, I ying going to add to that. You, <laughs> that was a perfect promo yourself, my, my guy. That's top notch. <laughs> I love, I love the, the machinations of wrestling. Like the product on the, on the screen is great. Like I'm in, in, I'm invested in that, but it's kind of like, what are the moving pieces like what gets us to where we're going and like what are like not even meta storylines but more so like what are they trying to accomplish and how are they doing it like the 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 process of creating a wrestling show is interesting to me especially the more that i learn about it so i've thought about stuff like this is <laughs> is essentially what it comes down to no that's real you 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 did that <laughs> and Eric came down with something vicious on that one. That hey, was listen, sometimes it's that easy. <laughs> hey, real though. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Let's do some quick hits and get up out of here. So, of course, after the MFL regular season ends, we know some coaches are going to see the end of their tenures in their respective cities as well. We have heard a few coaches let go. So, want to run through that list. First, the Falcons fired Arthur Smith, and that was quick. They didn't even wait till Monday. It was Sunday no. night. They said, no. you you out of there, boss. Technically, it was Monday morning. It was like 11.02 Central. So it was technically, technically Monday on the East Coast. They, hey, Atlanta no. in our time zone, <laughs> that's the day. <laughs> The Commanders fired head coach Ron Rivera. We knew that was coming along the way in Commanders. Before the damn game started. Towards the end of that season, we knew that he wasn't coming back in. The Commanders owner uh, reached out and hired ex-Golden State Warrior General Manager Bob Myers, as well as the old Minnesota Vikings GM Rick Spillman to assist the ownership group in their new hire. He's trying to get as much help as he can get. As Tim would say, the cross-play cross play help. Well, also, like, Josh Harris is the owner of the 76ers. So, like, he's in the NBA world. So, like, it, it's not a far leap for him to have a relationship NBA with Bob Myers. And, you know, that makes sense. And the Panthers, they won't just have a new coach in 2024. As you remember, they fired Frank Wright back in November, like, right after Thanksgiving. He was the first head coach to let go this season. But after the season closed, they also got rid of their GM, Scott uh, 
Fetter, I believe it is how you pronounce his last name. My apologies if I mispronounced it, but he's out of there in Carolina. Titans fired their head coach, Mike Babrow, today, which kind of caught me off guard. Like, I know they've had two down years, but that man's going to be at the top of a lot of coaching lists this season. New England. And uh, as we mentioned, during the season, the Raiders had fired Josh McDaniels, so the Raiders' job is open. They did go five and four under their interim head coach, Antonio Pierce. Uh, So we don't know if he's going to keep that job or not. And then the Chargers fired Brandon Staley mid-December. Um, after they got blown out sixty three to twenty one in his last game, so <laughs> yeah, they going they gonna find some new stuff. Shells added the Panthers need a new owner, they yep. do, but he ain't giving that up unless they make him. <laughs> and then last but not least, the college the college college football playoff game championship oh, yeah. game has occurred. Michigan finally got them one. They defeated Washington thirty four to thirteen. Michigan is happy. They're national That's- champions. Yeah, and first Big Ten title since 2014. But if there is a player in the draft that I would like on the Packers, I would love Blake Corum, the running back from uh, Michigan. Blake Corum is a monster. I would, and you know how they put the value on running backs right now. So if he gonna be at the end of the first round, get his ass. I'm not taking no money in the first round. No, buddy. I would take him. No, seriously, I would take him because they devalue running backs, but we know that running backs still have first round value. They just gonna put him in a second. I would take him at the end of the first round. But granted, I think we had number nineteen this year though because of our record. So that's more so closer to the mid of the first like- round anyway. I feel oh, like he's been in college for a minute. He might have been, I think he might be a fifth year senior or some shit. What is Blake Corum? Yeah, I, was say, I feel like he's been around for a lot a long time. Was kind of... <laughs> he said no way. <laughs> yeah, no way to him. Thank you, Shell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But shout out to Michigan. Uh fun fact about me, I lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan for a year in my life. And because of that, I don't watch hockey, but I'm a Red Wings fan. I had to put put a put a, a, a team to it. It's the Red Wings. I don't follow college football because Marquette didn't have a college football program. But hey, shout out to Michigan. I, I shout out to him. Ann Arbor is a fun city. So wait, I got I got one for my case for Blake Corum. Blake Corum is the only player in at the FBS level to score a touchdown in every game he's appeared in this season. Cool, cool. Still not taking him in the first round. I, listen, I, shit. I'm also leery of like workhorse running backs <laughs> in college because it's like they get ground down faster. It's like, give me the he dude that like popped for one year, was just like running over people, didn't get hit that much. Like, I want as little tread on the tires as possible. Like, I hate talking about players like this, but like, it's the reality of the NFL. Like, you don't want somebody that's already beat the shit like before they even get to the league. So it's like, he can be as cold as he want to be, but like, if he got all his burst like used up at Michigan it's like you don't use a first round pick on that Bill in the comments added that running backs only have a five year value first round pick no way Shell's added second third round maybe and that's that's where we I got two of them also yeah, he's got an early one 213 5'8 that's not you think he's 5'8 he's 5'8 absolutely not yeah, you out your don't mind <laughs> What? Look, listen, Blake Corum is cold, bro. Like, I, seriously, he's a cold running back. Hold up. 
I'm not saying that he's not. I'm talking about the draft position. Like I, I can't get, I can't get with that. I can't go for that. What Hall and Oates say? Can't go for that. But <laughs> the last time we had a small running back like that was uh, Jonathan Franklin. And I mean, Aaron Jones ain't that big, but no, he's even not. still. But like, he was like a fifth like round pick too. Oh, yeah. I got one quick hit before we go. Noah, nigga. I don't know if his name is nigga or pigger. It's nigga, fam. <laughs> but we, hey, we're going to know a nigga when, next year. I don't know who will announce his name. I don't know who going to pronounce that shit correctly or wrong. Because somebody going to slip up and fuck around and call him Noah, nigga. And we're going to be like, you know a nigga? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we had naysayer and nigga in the first two weeks of 2024 is like, where do we go from here? That is going to be crazy. I mean, 2024 started <laughs> off with an interesting... With a bang, bro. From the, the dude jumping the, the judge in court to the... My boy like Ray Mysterio off the top rope. To, to Cat Williams. Cat Williams got Ludacris out here dropping freestyle disses. It's a lot happening in the first week of 2024. But, hey, let's get out of here. For everybody who's being affected by this storm coming through, we hope that you are remaining safe and that you have been safe. Continue taking care of yourself. Be safe out here in these streets. And remember, here's the best advice I can ever give you when it comes to driving. Only you know. Only you know how bad your tires are. Yeah. So don't let nobody make you go faster than you need to. All right. (laughs) Don't break early and often. God damn it. Hey, you know your tires. You know if they ball. So do what you need to do. But we're going to get out of here. If you want to follow me on social media, you can catch me. Wait a minute. On Twitter, Instagram, and these PSN 2K streets at Camille Monet, C A M I L L E M O N A E. Real quick, Shell said, What storm? They lied. This storm had uh, weather warnings in over 40 states. So it's not even just what Wisconsin got or what we got being by the lake, but like this storm was huge. So just safety, everybody. And it ain't over. It's supposed to go through three o'clock in the morning. So, like, please don't talk shit to the storm until it's actually passed. And then it's coming back around on Thursday. Yeah. And it's gonna, spin, it's gonna spin the block, bro. All you... <laughs> it's gonna spin the block. Please respect this Wisconsin weather. <laughs> <laughs> but I am at Bucksburger on Twitter. That's all you get. That is all you get. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess not. Ken ain't here. Was the KR216 on Twitter? Twitter. Everyday underscore gentleman on Instagram and Snapchat. And that's all you get from his ass. Because his motherfucking track shoes on today. He goes to his ice skates because he out here dealing with that snow. But I call him some goddamn track shoes. We'll see his ass next week. No, he ain't going to duck this smoke because I got some shit for him. Y'all know I got some shit for his ass. Go ahead and call the show. Just and get out of here. <laughs> and this is your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three. Don't forget, I carry the motherfucking G, a.k.a. Ass Catch Him, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. I'll see y'all next week. Peace out, y'all. We appreciate y'all doing that. <laughs>